You are listening to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community. Wait, watch it? Nope. Oops. Listen, we're the New York State Conservative Party, and we know accidents happen. Like Kathy Hochul. She's the accidental governor. Kathy Hochul is only there because Andrew Cuomo put her there. And this year you can repair the Hochul accident. Vote Lee Zeldin for governor on the conservative party line, row C. What's Hochul done to New York? A broken bail system, literally turning thugs loose on the street. Crushing taxes, the highest in the nation. And business as usual corruption in Albany. Lee Zeldin will clean up the mess Hochul has made. And when you vote for Zeldin on the conservative party line, you tell the politicians that you've had enough of their games and you're not taking it anymore. Vote Lee Zeldin for governor on the conservative party line, Row C, because your vote means more on Row C. Paid for by the State Conservative Campaign Committee. Good evening and welcome back to Masks Weekly Radio Show on Family Matters. Mask, mothers and fathers, align saving kids, kids of all ages and all stages for all mental health struggles. If you know someone that needs a referral for a therapist, an inpatient or outpatient program, please give them our number, 718 758 zero four zero zero i'll repeat the number maybe it's for yourself a loved one a neighbor or someone you usually would sit next to in shul again remember our helpline is strictly confidential 718-758-0404 we also offer naloxone trainings. We get a free naloxone kit. We get it to you by mail. And the training is still by Zoom. Also, our parent support group. We have Sunday night with Dr. Shmuel Brachfeld by Zoom. We have Monday night, Dr. Debbie Ackerman by Zoom. We offer in person with Dr. Trish Atia on Tuesday night, once a month in Brooklyn, and Wednesday night with Rabbi Dr. Ben Sion Twersky by Zoom. So anyone that wants to join the parent support group, Feel free to give us a call. Again, our number is 718-758-0400. So tonight I'm really happy to have on with us some, someone that is from a rehab, a residential treatment center that MASK has sent family members to, MASK family members to for many, many, many years, and we've had only great outcomes, and that is Timberline 
Knowles. And tonight I'd like to welcome on the Chief Executive Officer, Sarah Stowski. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you on. How are you, Sarah? Thank you so much for having me. I am very excited to be here with you tonight. Well, thank you for making the time. I know how busy you are, and you run a wonderful program. We've had girls and women by you and have been doing great. So thank you for making the time and being gone. So let's first talk about Timberline Knowles. And I know you're a holistic program. You're very innovative, you know, care solutions you offer for all different, um, you know, issues, whether they're trauma, whatever, eating disorders. So I'd like to really speak about what, you know, Timberland knows, what kind of program are you, please? Sure. So Timberline Knowles um, offers a residential program as well as a partial hospitalization program and intensive outpatient program. So we treat women and girls um, who are struggling with eating disorders, addictions, mood disorders, and trauma, lots of trauma. Right. We, we've sent many girls to your program with trauma, with eating disorders, And what makes it different than other programs? So Timberline Knowles focuses on holistic care. So realistically, our program has a lot to offer by way of treating the whole person. Um, So a lot of programs will focus on one area, um, assuming that something like an eating disorder or an addiction lives in a vacuum and you can treat it just solely by itself. Um, Realistically, all of these disorders kind of live together, right? We treat the whole entire person the way that they present, um, the way that their symptoms present for them. Um, So I think the benefit for TK, for Timberline Knowles, is that we see the whole person and not just a part of, of their disorder. So parents, when working with therapists, which we recommend that no parent just pick any rehab from, you know, the internet, Mm -hmm. but they actually first work with therapists so that the therapist then could be in touch with the rehab while the loved one is there in the residential treatment. And when they are discharged, then the client knows where they're going back to seeing their therapist uh, or their team, their medical team, when they're discharged. So how important is it? I want you to make my listeners really understand why it's so important to work with a team before they get into your program and how it actually helps when they're discharged. Sure. So, I mean, having an outpatient team is really critical. I mean, first of all, you want to start with like the least restrictive care possible. Um, So you really want to be sure that you do as much prevention work as possible, especially if we're talking about children and adolescents. You want to make sure that they have good foundations from the beginning. That team provides like a home base 
right? Um, they provide um, continuity of care. They can work with schools. They can do things on a different level on a continuous basis that a residential program wouldn't really be able to do for, you know, years and years and years. Um, so you really want to be able to have that therapeutic alliance at home and the support that can kind of ebb and flow with you over time. Um, realistically, when you come into care at a place like Timberline Knowles, um, we work with outpatient teams to really provide continuity, like you're saying. Um, so being able to not only get input so we don't have to start over you know we don't have to start from scratch we can know what you've done what has worked well um, clinical providers can provide us a breadth of information about um, you know direction of treatment and kind of weigh in on their recommendations because they know our residents best at that point when they're walking through our door um, when they're done with treatment we really look at how can we provide um, continuity so that the outpatient provider and therapist, psychiatrist, dietitian, depending who that is, um, really has an understanding of what they've gained from coming to treatment and where, where we're leaving them off, right? What the trajectory looks like and what we think would be in their best interest. And that plan is built collaboratively with the outpatient team. Um, so that is something that we want to make sure that we keep providers engaged um, throughout their, their patients stay with us. Um, it, it's better for the patient because they don't have to kind of bear all the communication back and forth. It creates better continuity of care and it prevents any kind of delay in service. Um, so, I mean, if we tried to pick up and find new providers for people, um, that oftentimes creates barriers that are unnecessary and clinical setbacks that can be really avoided. Absolutely. And I'd like you to explain why it's so important that families are involved. Parents uh, need to be involved. Not that, you know, the child gets on a plane, goes to Timberland Knowles, and now they could just sleep well. But actually, they must also be part of the program. Doesn't matter where they are in the world. Explain the importance of them being involved, please. Absolutely. So I am a family therapist by training. That is my specialty. Um, so I absolutely have spent a lot of time treating families in general. And I will tell you in this setting, um, families are a critical component. They are essentially the recovery community that the resident lives in at home. Um, if families are not considered our patients um, and we don't treat families in the same way we treat our residents, there is not as much clinical progress that is made and we are doing a disservice to the residents that we bring in. Um, realistically, their families um, also are part of that system in which a patient lives and really trying to, to treat the family um, of like challenging their behaviors, right? Challenging um, what contributions they make to the system and what that home support looks like because sometimes it needs to change. Oftentimes it needs to change um, and it's doing that in a very caring, respectful way, um, but also a very clinical way of, of making sure that family is a core component, not only for our adolescents, but even for our adults. Um, if you're talking about spouses or if you're talking about, um, you know, living with mom and dad as a college student, um, parenting uh, isn't necessarily something that stops at 18. We know that. Um, so realistically, what does it look like um, and how do we intertwine the family into care is critical to people's success. 
Um, we offer a lot of training for families um, as far as things like meal support, interventions, DBT. Um, we want them to know what their loved ones are learning. We want them to be able to support it and really understand and speak a common language. Right. And this way they learn what their loved ones are learning in rehab. They're learning the same uh, information and different being a caregiver for whatever reasons uh, may be. Um, I'd like to bring up the co-occurring disorder with eating disorders, please. Sure. So co-occurring disorders are really our specialty. So that means anytime there's more than one diagnostic issue happening at the same time. Um, For eating disorders, oftentimes that looks like an addiction um, or trauma or a mood disorder. Um, So that means that we basically have someone who's being treated for an eating disorder who's also struggling with you know, traumatic events or, you know, PTSD, mood disorders, anxiety, depression. Um, It's really common. um, The assumption that something can live, um, you know, that an an eating disorder just manifests itself out of nothing um, isn't real. Um, There clinically is a pathway of symptomology and how it intertwines and feeds each other um, has to be addressed in order for people to really recover. So it's important for people to know that possibly their loved one will be an addict if they have unresolved trauma in many different ways it could play out. Some may do drugs, some may choose um, an eating disorder. Please explain how they're similar in a reaction from somebody in pain. Absolutely. So part of it is, is it's it's almost easier to explain how we treat it versus how it's similar. So like the, you're talking about um, skills, right? Different different skills that people utilize. Um, So really being able to have um, a new foundation of skills that are not maladaptive, right? So when you talk about maladaptive behaviors or behaviors that are negative, right? Um, We're talking about things like addiction, patterns of addiction, patterns of, of, um, you know, suicidality, patterns of um, eating disorders, we work to reframe that and provide a base of dialectical behavioral therapy. So that base provides emotion regulation, which addresses all of the different components within those disorders. So when behaviors start to occur, whatever that behavior may be, if it's addiction, if it's um, eating disorders, right, they're seen almost as coping mechanisms in a way um, and really being able to treat all of those disorders through a core of DBT and being able to lay a foundation of emotion regulation um, and skill acquisition. So really being able to gather skills, utilize them, master them and practice them is really what residential is all about. So Sarah, just for my listeners that may not know what DBT is, can you give us just a quick uh, definition. They should understand that it's a modality used in therapy. 
Right. So DBT stands for dialectical behavioral therapy. It's a type of therapy that really combines strategies um, to create emotion regulation. Um, So it basically helps people develop new ways to cope um, and new ways to kind of intervene and self-regulate. So be able to manage themselves in in high emotional states um, or really during like destructive, self-destructive behaviors, which would be things like an eating disorder or an addiction. So let's talk about a typical day. Uh, What does it look like in the residential treatment at Timberland Knowles? Sure. So our uh, facility itself, we have 43 acres here. It's pretty forested, wooded. Um, As far as day-to-day on our program, um, what we offer is we offer a structure surrounding DBT skills. So people are learning how to make commitments and honor commitments to themselves. So every morning they start with morning commitments um, where they're basically setting goals for the day. Um, They could have a variety of groups throughout the day. We have um, a very strong expressive therapies program here, which includes things like art therapy, music therapy, recreation therapy, um, and and really, they could have anything from dialectical behavioral therapy, those DBT skill groups where they're learning skills, um, to community meetings um, for AA or NA, to um, you know women's way where they're learning about um, twelve step. They could have a variety of different skill building groups or process groups. Um, it really depends on their schedule and what they're here for. Um, so we have the ability to provide customization. Um, on to to every individual who comes in uh, to really meet what their specific needs are. And it's important to parents when picking a program, and I repeat, to parents, may not be to the client, their loved ones, but the parent is always questioning, is it a kosher program is kosher available is there a rabbi available to meet with their loved ones if their loved ones want to meet with them Mm -hmm. so we do have the ability to provide kosher meals here we do not have a kosher kitchen here um, but we do have the ability to have those kosher meals catered and we do have access to a rabbi. Um, we have local connections with a variety of religious and spiritual leaders that we have on our campus quite frequently. Right. And I bring that up because, again, it's the parents that concern always that they're wishful <laughs> for their loved ones to stay connected um, but again, I want everyone that's listening to remember that no parent should be choosing a rehab on their own for their loved one. They, everyone should be working with a professional, whether it's an addiction, whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's a trauma, bipolar, schizophrenic, doesn't matter what it is diagnosis for your sons, your daughters, your spouses, or yourself, please work with professionals. You can call MASK, and we will give you the professionals to work with that can help choose the right environment, the right residential treatment center for your loved ones. Um, Do you want to add to that, uh, Sarah? 
Absolutely. I mean, I think realistically, I I agree completely. I think, um, you know, we have resources available um, for consultation. You want to make sure that you choose the right place um, for your loved ones. Um, We work with treatment placement specialists to really um, work with with. Um, agencies and companies and um, outpatient therapists to really vet programs and make sure that parents are well informed of, of what kind of treatment they are, their children will get and really what kind of services they can expect from facilities like ours. It can be very challenging to navigate alone. Right. And too many times, I mean, mask, we are in our 25th year, mm-hmm. over 119,000 families we're up to that have uh, been through our programs, attended our programs, and gotten referrals. And I will say very often we get calls from family members that say, we sent our loved one to this program, to that program, it didn't work. And when we asked them, how did you pick who helped you? They said, oh, we went on the internet, we did it ourselves. And so much money and time and effort, and you don't always get a second chance when you sense a loved one to a rehab. Because if it didn't work well and they had a negative experience, they may not want to go in again to a new one. So it's important to remember we must use licensed professionals to help guide the parents to make the right choices. Again, feel free to call 718-758-0400. And we do have specialists that are available to help you navigate this whole um, area that is so out of regular parents' arena of knowledge. We don't know how to pick a rehab. We, you know, we usually pick schools for our loved ones. So it's an important conversation to have with professionals. And there are many, many, many that are available in every state, in every city, male, female. And we won't give you one. We can give you choices. So give us a call. Um, so let's talk about the level of care. You know, many parents don't know what level of care their loved one may need uh, for a resident. And then also, Sarah, if you can include the information of partial hospitalization and intensive outpatient services, which is PHP and IOP services, please. Absolutely. So kind of you typically want to work from from the bottom up, right? So least least restrictive to most restrictive when you can. Um, so intensive outpatient services or IOP is really usually when you have a group setting. Um, it's not really individually focused. Most IOPs do not provide individual service. This is kind of like um, where groups meet for probably about three hours um, multiple times a week. Um, so it's something that can provide community 
community support and structure. Um, it definitely will provide earlier clinical intervention and typically has a, a really heavy community and socialization aspect to it. Um, for PHP or partial hospitalization, that level of care really provides um, more of a structured day. So this is typically what people are looking at as a day program. Um, so it's usually um, anywhere from six to eight hours. Um, those programs typically will include some type of school service for adolescents so that they don't fall behind in school. Our PHP program and IOP programs are only for adults right now, um, but realistically, those programs provide um, kind of more intensive services so that people can learn skills during the day and really still have freedom at night to do what they need to do in their personal lives as long as they're stable to do so. Residential is more, the most restrictive level of care probably in that those three. Um, realistically, residential provides 24-7 care. Um, we have nursing staff around the clock. Um, we also have access to clinical staff, physicians. Um, we provide more intensive services. Um, and really, that continuum of care is about intensity. Um, and, and obviously, inpatient is the highest intense level of care that can be offered. It's short term for stabilization. An outpatient is the lowest um, with, you know, people can see an outpatient provider, um, you know, once once a week, twice a week, once a month, once every three months. It really just depends on what they're prescribed by that provider. Well, we're running out of time and <laughs> it's so it's such an important conversation, eating disorders. You know, we're coming out of COVID, so many people that suffer with anxiety have traumas. COVID really, uh, you know, it, it really exasperated this whole uh, emotional eating and, you know, all areas of eating disorders. And so I'm really happy we got you on. And I hope to have you on again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you and anyone that is interested in joining a parent support group for your loved one that suffers with an eating disorder, feel free to give us a call and we will include you in our next program that we are putting together now. Uh, we did have one. It was an eight week, um, an eight part, eight week sessions for the parents with Dr. Forta. And we hope that we're able to put one together now for you. Call us 718-758-0400. And anyone that wants to reach out to Sarah from Timberlay Knowles, please contact admissions at 877-257-9600. One, one. And I'd like to just give a shout out to Marianne, who's the director of communications for Timberland Hills, and say thank you to Marianne for getting Sarah on our show tonight. Thank you. Help to have you on again soon. Thank you so much. And I want to wish everyone a very good evening. A beautiful Shabbos. And always remember, hang in, hold on, and for now, still hug tight. Tonight's show is in memory of Ita Bas Hanoch Aaron. 
please consider to go online to Mass Care and donate so we could continue with all the mask programs. Thank you and have a good night. Wait, watch it? Nope. Oops. Listen, we're the New York State Conservative Party, and we know accidents happen. Like Kathy Hochul. She's the accidental governor. Kathy Hochul is only there because Andrew Cuomo put her there. And this year you can repair the Hochul accident. Vote Lee Zeldin for governor on the Conservative Party line, row C. What's Hochul done to New York? A broken bail system, literally turning thugs loose on the street. Crushing taxes, the highest in the nation. And business as usual corruption in Albany. Lee Zeldin will clean up the mess Hochul has made. And when you vote for Zeldin on the Conservative Party line, you tell the politicians that you've had enough of their games and you're not taking it anymore. Vote Lee Zeldin for governor on the Conservative Party line, Row C. Because your vote means more on Row C. Paid for by the State Conservative Campaign Committee. The race for New York governor is neck and neck. That means your vote next Tuesday will definitely make a difference. To put it bluntly, we can't afford for you to sit at this election because the future of New York is in our hands. I think it's fair to assume that just like me and my family, you have a simple and fair list of things you want to see in New York. Safe streets, an end to crime and anti-Semitic violence, educational freedom, and fair educational funding for all children. Just to name a few things you're ready to see change. If we are serious about making this happen, there's one thing to do right now. Vote in next Tuesday's election. Eager to vote now? You can vote early through Sunday or cast your ballot Tuesday, November 8th, 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Need help where to vote or have questions? Call the Teach MYS hotline at 646-483-5227. That's 646-483-5227. This message was brought to you by Teach MYS because a strong voter turnout is one of the best ways to show elected officials we mean business in our fight for fair educational funding for the education of all children, whether they attend public, charter, or non-public schools. And you're listening to the Talkline Network over WVIP 93.5 FM HD2, New Rochelle, New York. We are America's only Jewish radio program on regular broadcast radio on the Internet and digital platforms. Enjoy. You are listening to Talkline Network Radio, America's longest-running Jewish broadcast network, the voice of the Jewish community.